You're listening to the Called to Follow podcast, where we discuss real topics from today's culture and look how they hold up against God's Word. Called to Follow. Real topics. Real scripture. This episode of Called to Follow may contain subject matter that some would find inappropriate for younger listeners. Discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Or should I say, hello, everyone. Um, I could say it that way, too, because that's what I usually say. But today, on this episode of Called to Follow, I am your host, because Brent is out of town. So I decided to do something quick as we kick off this season of podcasts. And, you know, I will say this, because I hope you guys had a great holiday season. Um, I hope you guys had a good New Year's as well. But the worst thing that could have ever happened in college football happened on Monday night. The Michigan Wolverines are college football champions. And as an Ohio State fan, it makes me sad because we're not supposed to like the Wolverines. It's just, uh, it's tough. It's tough to deal with it that Michigan won. So, you know, I'll just rep the Tampa Bay gear because they won their division in the NFL. And uh, at least there's still some hope with them. College football. But anyways, uh, we'll get to the point here. I, I wanted to share a small video with you. You may have heard it before. I don't know. I don't know if you ever heard of who Paul Harvey is. But in 1965, Paul Harvey went on the air and made somewhat of a prophecy. I mean, by definition, he talks about what the future is going to be. And he talks about it from the perspective of if I were the devil. And that's what that's how he starts off this this clip that is is available online. Um, so it's on. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it in several places. But I'm going to go through this clip and kind of talk about some of the things he says and kind of what our culture looks like now compared to what he has said. So Paul Harvey was an American radio broadcaster who worked for ABC News Radio. Uh, he broadcasted news and comment on mornings and middays and on weekdays at noons and on Saturdays and also his famous The Rest of the Story segments. So from 1951 to 2008, his programs reached as many as 24 million people per week. Paul Harvey News was carried on 1,200 radio stations, on 400 American Forces Network stations, and in 300 newspapers. So he's a pretty popular guy, a pretty famous orator. And he talked, uh, he talked on air for many years. But this is one thing that he did. This was in 1965, and he, he released this, this reading that says, If I were the devil. And me personally, as a follower of Jesus, found it very interesting. I found it very interesting how accurate it is to how our current culture looks. So without further ado, we will start this clip and we'll listen to it together. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness and I'd have a third of its real estate and four fifths of its population. But John, uh, no, yeah, John ten ten, the thief, meaning the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he's accurate from the very beginning of what the devil wants to do. I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. Sound familiar? I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. 
Yes, that sounds familiar. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. Okay, so that one kind of resonates too. We see uh, in our in our church communities even a bit of nationalism. Let me state this. Let me state this clearly. I'm not saying it's wrong to look into politics. I'm not saying it's wrong to know who you're voting for, to think about such things. But when it becomes a constant thing that we talk about, when we let the idea of politics completely control our our mind and our thinking day in and day out, we've become more of a nationalist than a Christian. Because Jesus is yesterday, same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. America's only been here for what? 250 years, close to 250 years, getting there anyways. So while yes, I do enjoy the freedoms of our country, and I think it's important to know who we vote for, but ultimately Christ is who we serve, and Christ is our leader, no matter who's in office. So, but we see that, we definitely see that coming and creeping in that, that who is president and who is voted here or there affects our faith. And in reality, it really doesn't. Jesus has moved through people over the years in impossible situations, and he will continue to do so, whether America exists or not. Now, I think it's important that we pray for our country and pray for those people. We have another episode called Whose Side Are You On? If you want to go backtrack and check that, that's available on YouTube and Spotify and wherever podcasts are. So you can, you can go back and check that episode out, but we'll, we'll keep going here. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. Sell alcohol to those of distinction and tranquilize the rest with pills. So we all know that in our culture today that the opiate epidemic is the worst it's ever been. The amount of people overdosing, the amount of people that know someone who has overdosed or know someone who has a family member who has overdosed is astronomical. We have another episode on that too if you want to check that out. But this is a list I found, a quick Google search, this is a list I found of celebrities and the list of celebrities and people, the famous people is way larger than this. But these are just some names that I found quickly that have died of overdose in the past 60 years. Heath Ledger, Jim Morrison, John Belushi, Janis Joplin, Chris Farley, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jimi Hendrix, Judy Garland, Whitney Houston, Prince, Amy Winehouse, River Phoenix, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, Rapper DMX and some of the younger generations might know rapper Mac Miller, rapper Juice World, and rapper Little Peep. All of those guys have died from overdoses, whether it be cocaine or fentanyl or Xanax. They've died of overdoses. But we know across America, it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic of the amount of people that are dying from addiction. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed 
and with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. So, wars and wars, Israel at war with Gaza, Russia at war with Ukraine, China threatening war with Taiwan, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, all these different media outlets spinning their own take on what's happening in the world, pulling people away from what they really need to be focused on. Remember, this was said 58 years ago, if I did the math correct. 65 to 2000, that's 35 years plus 20, yeah, 58 years, 58 years ago, this was said. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Yeah, big cities, schools in big cities, a lot of them have this. Metal detectors at every door, drug-sniffing dogs. I mean, I was in high school in the early 2000s, and there was drug-sniffing dogs then. So it's a lot more now. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon, Have judges promoting pornography. Pornography is another epidemic on our country. Here, here's some, some ugly, ugly facts about pornography. There's psychological problems from pornography. It rewires brains. It demeans and objectifies women. Has a numbing effect on how we see the world. Roughly 40 million Americans click onto porn sites regularly. 88% of porn scenes contain physical aggression. Approximately 25% of all search engine queries are for pornography. And 20% of internet searches via mobile devices are for porn. An estimated 35% of all downloads on the internet are, in, are pornographic in nature. So let's jump into the scripture on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul makes this clear. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 18, the very first line, flee from sexual immorality. You know, we see in the, uh, the passage in the armor of God that God tells us to fight sin, to address sin, but not this, not this sin, not sexual sin. It says flee from it. Or as Andy Stanley likes to say, run, baby, run, run away. God created sexuality. It's God's creation. He's made it for a man and a woman and in the form in within marriage. And in that form, it's a beautiful creation that God has created, but man has ruined it. And pornography wrecks people's lives. It wrecks people. It wrecks marriages. It wrecks young men and their development. It is a dangerous, dangerous thing that is really, truly a scourge on our society. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not, is it, do you not know? that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. In 
as followers of Christ, we're called to that, to flee from sexual immorality. And if you're someone who struggles with that, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody. Talk to someone. It's not scary to talk to a brother. It's not scary to talk to someone and tell them, I'm struggling with this and I need prayer and I need accountability. It's important in the church that we do that. Because the the truth is people struggle with sin. People struggle with it. They wrestle with it. They fight it. And the Holy Spirit has come to us so that we can fight it better. And the community of the church and believers and being able to be with one another and talk about the sins that we struggle with and confess those sins and get them out in the open helps us battle and defeat those sins in our lives. But we'll get off. We'll, we'll keep going here as, uh, in this video here. I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. No prayer, and in Bibles his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. Oof. Deify science. We see that everywhere. We see it everywhere. We see it uh, mainly across uh, college campuses where you got to trust the science. You got to know the science. The science says, the science says this. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. Hmm. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. Whole states. 48 states, if you count state lottery, allow gambling. And even more states are jumping into sports betting. As someone who watches sports often, I see commercials often of, hey, make bets here with this betting organization and bet on your team. And when it's advertised and made to be something that's so good, get on here, put a little bit of money in, get rich. It's, it's not real. It's a false hope. It's a false hope that makes the one person making those commercials or the one organization making those commercials, it makes them rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. I would convince the young that your marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, and that what you see on TV is the way to be. You know, marriage is in a major decline in our culture. We see across, uh, in, in young adults today, that it is far more common for people to be sleeping around, to be in uh, non-unmarried uh, sexual relationships. And, and we know, as we just read in 1 Corinthians, that, that we should flee from sexual immorality, that God has called, that God created sexuality for the confines of a marriage. Yet, we certainly see this. We certainly see this in our culture. This is a real thing. It's a real thing. Young people today call it a body count. That's what we hear. They call it a body count. How many people have you slept with? And they they throw these numbers around as if they're meaningless. Even though statistics show that when a person has surpassed 10 partners sexually, they decrease their ability to parabond with someone. 
And that, well, that's what happens in marriage when, when two married couples get together and they, they pair bond, they bond with one another. When, when they are out swinging and they're out sleeping around and, and living in these lifestyles, by the time they reach the point where they want to get married, they're unable to bond with their partner. And therefore, that's the consequence of not, not using sexuality the way God designed it. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. He said, if I were the devil, I'd just keep on doing what I'm doing. John 10.10. Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus has guided our steps. Jesus has given us a blueprint to have a good life. He's given us a blueprint on how to live so that we can have joy so that we can have peace, so that we can have comfort. And culture says, we want to take over all those things. Comfort means a bottle. Comfort means these pills. Comfort means, do you have a new car? Comfort means, is your bed big enough? Comfort means you're you're in this beautiful relationship and you look good on Instagram and all your pictures. Society has lied to us. They have lied to us. And the devil has used society to lie to us. Now, I don't bring this video up because I want to scare you or because I want to terrify people or make people worried. It's, it's, you know, the devil is at work. Like we said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan is at work. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. He's been defeated. You know, we, we oftentimes, we oftentimes, I think we, in in Christians, we see this kind of stuff. We see this stuff on the news and our news outlets. We see the immorality. We see how we're like, ah, all this immorality. What are we going to do? What what are we going to do? How are we going to change this? Oh no. And yes, it is. Oh no. It should break our heart because it breaks the heart of God. But in God's word, we know that the devil's been defeated. And the Holy Spirit has given us the power to defeat sin. And that's what we should be sharing with the world that's broken, chasing after these things, chasing after these things that they think will fulfill them when the only one that can fulfill us is Jesus Christ. And I want to jump to a scripture in Matthew. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, I tell you, I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of hell will not overcome the church. The Holy Spirit has given us that power and we should act like it. We have a message to share with the world, a message of hope and a message of peace. 
and a message that says that from our God, the creator of this universe and everything we see around us, the technology that I'm able to make this video is created by our God. And we have a mission to share that message as we follow him. And then one of the last scriptures I want to read today, and it's from Ephesians 2, one of my favorite passages. One of my favorite passages. Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in what you used to live. When you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit, the devil, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, because of God's great love for us, who is rich in mercy, has made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raises us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. We live in a world that is the devil's kingdom. We live in a world in which someone like the devil can do these things, can try to influence people, can try, can put all these sinful things out there. And, and, and in a lot of ways, he's successful. He's, he's ruined people's lives and caused people to do terrible things. But we're saved by grace. And he shows us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. So let me tell you this. Yes, the devil is at work. We know that. We see that all throughout scripture. But it shouldn't scare us. It should motivate us. It should motivate us to share the hope that says that devil has no power over you because of what Christ has done. That devil has taken things away from you, but Jesus wants to give it back. That devil is defeated. That's the message that we see. And he can try all he wants to destroy but like it says in Matthew 17, the gates of hell will not prevail. They will not prevail. So if you're someone who is a Christ follower and you're watching this video and you're struggling with some sin, first of all, I want to pray for you. But my, my second thing is I want you to talk to someone, talk to a brother, talk to a sister, talk about the sins you're struggling with. That's what scripture calls us to do. So as we wrap up today, I'm just going to say a word of prayer. And we'll see you next time. God, I'm thankful for this platform to be able to talk about these things with others. God, I'm thankful for your saving grace. I'm thankful that even though the devil is at work in our world, I'm thankful that even though the devil is at work trying to destroy people's lives, that God, you've given us the grace 
and the mercy to be a new creation. To join in you, to join with you in the defeat of the devil. And God, there are people I know right now who love you and call you Savior, who struggle with sin, who battle it. And God, the devil wants to whisper in her ear, see, you're not worth it. See, you're not worthy. And Jesus says in the scripture we just read, for it is by, in the scripture we just read, for it is by grace you have been saved, not because you stumbled, not because you struggle. And God, I pray for those that are struggling. I pray for those that are feeling like they're in this ditch and rut that they can't get out of, that they would talk to someone, they would pray with someone, they would dive into your word. And God, I just thank you for your love and for your grace that is just lavished upon us in a way that we don't deserve. We thank you for all these things, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys, for listening to Called to Follow, and uh, we'll see you next time.